0: Four, three, two, one. All right, let's do this. Get set.
1: Headed for the open
0: door. This is Running Flat Radio with Chris Juszinski on AM 800 CKLW, the information station. Running Flat Radio is a paid program on AM 800. That day, for no particular reason, I decided to go for a little run. So I ran to the end of the road.
2: And down the block (laughs) to the stop sign and a little bit further the next night and a little bit further the next night. And that's how you run. Chris Yuzinski here for for Running Flat Radio. Kelly Steele from the Windsor Star. Uh, If you're unfamiliar with Running Flat Radio, we are a show About running. It's just that simple. It's about putting the shoes on, getting out there and enjoying the environment and uh, meeting some new friends and uh, and having uh, a healthy lifestyle. So we talk about running. We had an incredible conversation last week with the triathlon Ironman Florida winner. Uh, and the downloads were unbelievable on that episode. By the way, on on iTunes,
3: I always walk away from an interview with him just feeling so inspired. And just he is such a good guy. He's Lionel such Sanders. a great, yeah, he's such yeah. a great inspiration for this community. It's hard not to like the guy with everything. He's overcome and with what he is today, that's pretty amazing.
2: And and he's like almost every elite athlete I've ever met, just down to earth and, and just, totally just a wonderful, wonderful person who who wants to see everybody succeed. I've been in, using in, him in, in their sport.
3: <laughs> I've been using him as a really big excuse this week. Because I haven't had my sorry butt outside, I've been on the treadmill and I keep going. Well, Lionel Sanders had ninety-five percent of his training inside. <laughs> 98%. Oh,
2: it's Ninety-eight percent. Ninety-eight percent of his training is inside. And if you want to hear that interview, you can go on iTunes and, and download it. It's uh, it's a it's a fabulous interview with a uh, an elite triathlon uh, triathlete uh, in our community. And, uh, and we wish them all the best in, in 2015. Absolutely. So uh, a couple things that we need to talk about, you know, what an exciting show we have today. And I know mm-hmm. I start every one of these episodes with that, but you know, it's- But we do
3: have some great guests is. on this
2: show. It's a fabulous show that way, is, is that it's always unique, it's always lively. We have Kevin Hanson in studio mm-hmm. from That's from from the Hanson's running method lore and fame and and you know w- what a wonderful guy you'll get a chance to meet him and we're going to talk about elite athletes you mm-hmm. know because of their incubator that they have we're going to talk about the the running business you know with their four stores they have in metropolitan Detroit and and the history of running I mean uh, what, well, what what a better person to. To tell us about that.
3: Well, and as I told you, I first uh, became aware of the whole Hanson's project. This was years and years ago. I happened to be running, flipping through, uh, running... Uh, um Runner's World, and uh, there was a big feature on this Hanson project, and I remember the photo really well, because it had the big bus, and all the, the runners were in front of it, and I thought, that's kind of cool. So I, re- I read it, obviously, and uh, I was amazed that it was just across the border that they were doing such a cool thing.
2: It wasn't in Colorado. It wasn't. It wasn't in Oregon. Exactly. Right? That, it, and that's it wasn't an totally, it altitude.
3: It's exactly, look, thinking yeah. it has to be in Oregon, right? Yeah
2: it's in detroit
3: yeah how cool and, is that
2: or new mexico or you know whatever so uh so yeah that that's what the rest of the show is going to be all about is is talking hansons uh but a couple things that we do need to talk about is this is our last show of the year we're going to take four weeks off we'll come back in early january but this is the last show for us uh for for 2014. Uh, and what an exciting year this has been, you know, on Running Flat Radio and for Running Flat, you know. And, you know, b- before we get to the end of the show, I do want to thank you very much for 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 hosting, the, co-hosting the show with me uh, well, all this Adam. time. And, uh, and I also want to say thanks to all the volunteers and the staff and my family and all the runners and the community of runners that join us at all of our events. I mean, you know, without all of those people involved and, and of course, our, our good friends at AM800. This show wouldn't be on the air, and we wouldn't be able to do what we've been doing. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm really humbled by all of that. It's just, uh, it's an amazing community to work in.
3: I actually got an interesting call today from a a local woman who was, was calling me, obviously, about my running groups. Anyway, she said she listens to the show every week. And what she said was probably one of the best compliments I think we could ever get. She said, thanks for making running fun. Oh. Which is pretty awesome. You know, that to me that just says it all. We come, we have some amazing guests on. Of course, you know, some of them are elites that you know most people in the community are never gonna be that standard, but still we're showing people that you can be great you can be an elite runner but you can also be the everyday runner who walks and r- rocks and runs and just gets it done and it, there's still nothing wrong with that and you know I think that's a kind of a cool thing
2: you know what Th- this show you know for for those who are just tuning in and you haven't listened to the entire library of 43 shows that <laughs> that, that are in the can Um, The show is all about getting people educated, getting them into their first 5K, getting them off the couch, down the driveway, just a couple different ways. One Mm -hmm. is I think every runner has a story. Absolutely. And a brilliant story at that. You know, we we highlighted one last week with, with Lionel Sanders. And, you know, he just happens to be a really famous guy with a great story, mm-hmm. but everyone's got a fabulous story of what they've done or what they want to accomplish and how they got there.
3: Well, and that's interesting because with running isn't like any other sport, you need some kind of motivation. There has to be something that's getting you at the door, whether it's you want to be a runner, whether it's you want to lose weight, whether, you know what, you just fought cancer and this is your second chance at life and this is what you want to do. Everyone has such an amazing story that motivates them and that's what I love.
2: Yeah, and, and, and it really kind of binds us all together. Totally it doesn't does. matter what your, your demographic is, uh, you know, what your wealth level is. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter anything like that because in running, it's just a pair of shorts. It's, it's a pair <laughs> of running shoes, you know, and a bib and a really cool medal when you cross the finish line, you know, and and, and who cares what your time is because uh, it's all about having a good time. Absolutely. So now that I've said that, I'm, I'm done with that. <laughs> Le Chocolat. Le Chocolat is on sale right now at, through runningflat.com. It is moving fast. Um, You know, there is a big price increase coming at the end of the month. So I just want to kind of give everyone a heads up that there's a price increase coming. And, uh, you know, let's talk about uh, the hotel sponsors are are Caesars and, of course, our good friends at the Holiday Inn in downtown Windsor. Uh, We will be announcing a really big announcement. I know I've said that for four weeks about Le Chocolat that'll put it on the map in this country mm-hmm. and I'm just not there yet but you know watch your email and, and watch the newspapers because we will make that announcement the other thing that that that's really interesting about Le Chocolat is is the demographic of what's happening there Granted, 98% of everyone who's registered is a female. Mm-hmm. You know, we're getting a lot more males now. I think they're starting to catch on that, you know, <laughs> this this is the place that you wanna go running with women is LaShot a lot. Because at La Chocolat, Lot, everyone who registers gets a three-liter box bag of wine that's shaped like a purse. The Peely Island winery uh folks make this wonderful call, this wonderful thing called the Peely Purse. You can bring it to a party, and it looks like it's, it looks like a purse, but it's got a spigot on the end. I love it. For three liters of wine, it comes in red and white. Uh, there's a chocolate-inspired medal that we will show you the artwork in, in uh, probably February. We'll release the artwork on that. And um, you know, really looking forward to, to Le Chocolat this year. A lot of exciting stuff, including the new course, which goes mm-hmm. all the way from the Ambassador Bridge to Lausanne Road on a Riverside Drive, which is just iconically gorgeous course. Uh, on the Detroit River Vista, overlooking the Rensselaer and everything else is just, it's an awesome course. I, I, I love that. It's one of my favorite courses in the world.
3: And again, if you plan on running Le Chocolat and you're going to start your training in January, mm-hmm. sign up. Don't do not do the old, I think I'm going to wait until March yep. and see how my training's going and then sign up because you're going to be disappointed when the race is sold out. And it happens all the time. Peely Island's a perfect example.
2: That's correct. So before Christmas, we're also going to open up Canada Day in Amosburg. Canada Day in Amosburg is is an event that is like no other. It is incredibly patriotic. It's kind of like the 4th of July without the blue. <laughs> it's the way I've always said it. It's like it's like an American event except it's in Canada and there's no blue. So it's red and it's white. And uh, people just kind of look at you like, what? <laughs> well, you got to understand, you know, as Canadians, we're really crappy at being patriotic yeah, in, in a lot of ways like mm-hmm. that, right? So so this is really about, you know, having everything red and white and maple leaves everywhere and, you know, having maple syrup, uh, you, know, if, you know, for your winners and stuff yeah. like that. We're, we love being patriotic that way. So... What makes Canada Day as a race so unique is it's the only open source medal in the world when it comes to running. Mm -hmm. So last year's runners all voted on who they thought was a great Canadian. We've tallied those up to the top three. We had Don Cherry on the show three, four weeks ago. Uh, We announced Chris Hadfield last week. Wayne Gretzky is the third person With the highest votes from last year. So those are the three choices. You know,
3: there's no real surprises there. Uh, You know, know, like really?
2: They're all great Canadians.
3: Absolutely.
2: So what's going to happen now is we'll open up registration. You'll vote for one of those three to be on the medal in 2015. And then you're going to tell us who should be that person also for 2016 and we'll tally up the top three and then give you mm-hmm. the top three then you'll have that choice so that will open up in the next week canada day will open up those are your three choices don Cherry, chris Hatfield, wayne gretzky so
3: it's really tough that's gonna to be a tough one
2: it will be a tough one but it'll be a great one mm-hmm. not saying the great one but you know any one of those guys will be just great yep. so um, you have been listening to Running Flat Radio. When we come back, we will. We'll we, everything Hanson's. That's what we're okay. talking about on Running Flat Radio on AM Eight Hundred CKLW.
4: with the help of AM800 and Essex Home Furnishings. Now through December 16th, you have the chance to score a $2,500 EHF gift card. Enter to win and see complete contest rules at am800cklw.com. Winner will be announced on the morning drive December 17th. Essex Home
5: Furnishings, so good to be home.
4: EHF, Highway 3 in Essex. It's WIND's best plan ever. With real unlimited data, Canada and U.S. talk, global text, and now with credits to use your phone
0: across Canada. All for just $44 a month. Visit windmobile.ca for full details. WIND. True mobile freedom. Temperaments.
4: My grandfather, Nate, knew that a good education can open up so many doors and great opportunities. This is something the Tepperman family has always believed in and is why, over the last 10 years, my parents, Bill and Rochelle, along with Andrew and I, have awarded more than half a million dollars in scholarships to children from the loyal communities of southwestern Ontario. There's no purchase necessary. Come into any Tepperman's location and fill out a ballot for your child, grandchild, or any boy or girl under the age of 10 for their chance to win a $1,000 Canadian Scholarship Trust Foundation RESP. The scholarship will continue to grow until the student is ready to use it for their education. Teppermans hold a draw every month, so enter again and again. After all, we know what it's like. Education is an investment my parents made in our future, and the Tepperman family is proud to play a part in the future of so many children. Family to family, that's the difference. I'm Noah Tepperman, third generation. Family.
5: Now the forecast from the AM800 Weather Center. Tonight, mainly cloudy, a 40% chance of showers turning to a 40% chance of flurries overnight, wind gusting to 50 kilometers an hour and a low of minus 2. Tomorrow, a mix of sun and cloud, a 30% chance of flurries, wind gusting to 50 kilometers an hour and a high of 1. Once again, mainly cloudy tonight, a 40% chance of showers turning to a 40% chance of flurries overnight, wind gusting to 50 kilometers an hour, and a low of minus 2. Caesars-Windsor wants you to ring in the holidays in style. In one of our three new luxury
0: SUVs. We're giving away a Ford Explorer, a Jeep Grand Cherokee, and a Cadillac SRX, plus three cash prizes of $10,000. Caesar's Greetings from Caesar's Windsor. Start earning entries now. Be here December 27th for your chance to win. Know your limit. Play within it. Must be 19 or over. Details at caesarswindsor.com. No purchase necessary. Vehicle names used with permission. Every day you need a forecast. It's important to know the weather. You might need to bring an umbrella or it's 90 degrees out. Information for life. AM 800 CKLW, the information station. Looking to start running? Strap on a pair of comfortable shoes. Now put one foot in front of the other and keep going. It's that easy. This is This is, is Running Flat Radio on AM 800.
2: And welcome back to Running Flat Radio. On AM 800 CKLW, Kelly Steele from the Windsor Star joining us in studio, two in-studio guests in a row. It's a big
3: night for it's, us.
2: It's a huge <laughs> night for us. I, I, you know, a lot of our guests are on the phone. So so Kevin Hansen joins us from, from uh, Hanson's Running. Welcome.
1: Thank you. Good to be here.
2: Yeah. You know, let's start with uh, you're a Michigan boy. Uh, both you and your brother uh, own own the Hanson's uh, brand, really, that you guys promote, uh, you have four stores in, in metropolitan Detroit uh, Royal Oak Gross Point Sterling Heights well yeah it's Utica and Lake Oregon okay okay and how did you get into into the running business well you know it's funny because there are
1: businessmen who own running shops we are not that we are uh, runners that got into business I mean it was like a way for us to share our passion but we were runners long before that Um it goes back to, uh, you know, I, I, I'm I the older of the two. Um, and you can't tell this on the air, but better looking and uh, <laughs> all of those things to it. Um, I'm sure he's at home listening. But uh, in any case, uh, no, truthfully, um, I'm five years older than or five grades ahead of Keith. And when I was getting ready to go to college, the college coach said to me at that time, hey, you uh, you need to, uh, if you're going to be a factor on this college team, you need to be running about 70 miles a week. And, well, in high school, we were running about 45 to 50, but I I didn't want to share that with him, you know, because, (laughs) uh, you know, I was trying to weasel my way onto this team and not, you know, be, uh, so I said, oh, yeah, no problem. No problem. Yeah, well, and, uh, and, you know, I'm not real strong at math, but I was able to figure out that that's roughly 10 miles a day. So um, we went out every day. Buddies from mine that were already in college came home and said, hey, uh, um, I'd say, How much running are you guys doing? They go, Ah, 70 to 80 miles. Okay. Uh, he wasn't <laughs> lying to me anyhow, you know, wasn't just trying to discourage me. So I would go out. My little brother, who's at this time going into seventh grade, says, Hey, can I run with you guys? He has zero running experience. Right. And I'm like, You know, okay, fine. You know, so he went out and uh, he would fall off someplace in the middle of the run. And I never knew, you know, and it's back in the 70s. So, you know, people didn't really worry about kids being alone and stuff. Yeah. My mom would say, where's Keith? And I'd say, I don't know. You know, And I'd shower up and he'd come rolling in sometime. And then at the end of the summer, he said, I'm gonna go run the Bobby Krim Road Race. And I was heading off to college at that time and he said, well, Keith, that's 10 miles. He goes, that's the same as we run every day. And I was like, do you really run that every day? I don't know what you're doing out there. <laughs> and he ran the Bobby Krim Road Race in, keep in mind, as a seventh grader at 13 years old, in 65.08 oh for gosh. 10 miles. Wow. So 6.30 pace, and that's I said, Crazy. And that's what I said. I said, you don't know what you're talking about. That isn't, give me your splits. And so he goes through and says, 624th a mile, blah, 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 so on and so forth. And you couldn't check on the internet back then. Um, You had to wait until it came out in print, you know, two, three weeks later. And he ran 6508. He was right on. And he said to me, now I'm away at college. And he says, you know, I was talking to everybody there. And um, a lot of people are running the free press marathon coming up. And I'm, Keith. What do you know about the marathon? <laughs> Knowing that I'm his only source of information, I, I I said, there's there's no way you can run the marathon, Keith. And he said, well, they just told me if I just keep running what I'm doing and just run a little longer on the weekends, <laughs> I'll be fine. And sure as heck, he went and ran the Free Press Marathon in um, 320.01 as wow. a 13-year-old, and a year later ran under three hours in the marathon as a 14-year-old.
3: That's amazing.
1: And that's with no, like, I people always say, you know, young kids that's going to kill him and so on and so forth Mm and I mean he's 50 years old now and he's uh, still running enjoying the sport so it's wow. it's the truth of the matter is um, I think the advantage that he had is there was no parent standing there like when he said I'm gonna run the uh, mom I want to go run the marathon she said oh that's super honey how far is this one you know like um, uh, not knowing <laughs> any clue about it so we got involved in the sport from truly grassroots kind of thing and we used to that next summer I had this beat up old station wagon with the wood paneling and everything on the sides and we would throw a mattress in the back and we'd travel all over the state on the weekends and go to the Pinconning Cheese Festival and everything else and sleep in the parking lot in the back of the car and get up the next day and run the race and enjoy the (laughs) festival and drive home on whatever the... Uh, Tank of gas and truly just
2: a honest love for the sport. So how'd you get into the into the retail business?
1: Yeah, you know, honestly, fast forward quite a bit. There was a there was a vacancy in our area. There was there was no running specialty shop in Macomb County at the time, and we said, hey, um, we think that there's we think there's a need for this, and so we opened up one store. And um, Keith kept his full time job as a buyer for a pharmaceutical company at the time, and um, I. I ran the store, and Keith came back on the weekends, and uh, we made it work. And really, my wife's a, uh, an accountant, and she did all the books, and she did all of that that stuff. And we took no money from the store, and we just put put it back into product, and put it back into product. And then um, one store became two, and two became three, and and so on and so forth. That was from ninety in ninety one is when we started, and we had uh, three stores by the time nineteen ninety four came, and then. Well, all of a sudden, obviously, the two of us didn't handle three stores, so we were
2: bringing in employees and so on and so forth. So, you grew up in really in the, in the shadows of the first boom in running, correct? Right? P- Pro, when you, you were just in high school, you, you, were, you were seeing you know right. the, the uh the
1: shorters. And, and. I started running in 1975 as a sophomore in high school, the same year as Steve Prefontaine died um okay so um yeah. yeah and honestly you know um and you go back and uh frank frank shorter was a uh a, a medalist in 72 and 76 so it yeah. was right between those two and uh bill rogers was dominating um both new york and boston at that time and so yeah there was a great american presence um in, uh distance running at that time
2: so that must have been a huge motivation for you in high school growing up and going into the college yes
1: absolutely absolutely um they they were um i I don't want to say groundbreakers because there were people before them but they were groundbreakers to me um i didn't know the history well enough to know the people before them at that time i do now but i didn't then and um they were they were everything you know the frank shorters the bill rogers the greg myers who uh you know is uh um a local personal friend you know so um they were and greg's Just enough older than me that, you know, I was, uh, I graduated from high school in 78, and um, I think he graduated from college about that time. So it's, uh, you know, so he was, we never, you know, he he was considerably better than me, but I mean, we never raced at the same time or things, but I certainly knew
2: who he was. He was a a local hero as well as, uh, you, you know, you bring that up. We're, we're coming up to a break, but but it was one thing that uh, Tony Rivas, who, who you're, you're very familiar with. Absolutely. Uh, Tony and I kind of got into an argument a number of weeks ago, um, and we had this conversation. His point was that we lack heroes in, in running today and that we really need to invest in elite athletes to kind of develop the, the hero pool, as it may be to kind of show them off and bring them around and, and, and really give the younger generations someone to look up to in this sport. Um, whereas as a race director and race owner, uh, my concern is not so much the elite programs as much as it's developing systems where we're getting people off the couch, getting them to their first 5k, moving them up into a 10k, and getting them into the lifestyle that that really is going to generate uh maximum effect in in our communities and in our society and everything else like that but you know it's in and, in and, and, and i know i really want to spend a lot of time talking to you about the elite runner program because you're going to have an interesting view on on why you even <laughs> developed an elite running program uh but you know what hold on to that thought hold on to that thought Let, let's let's get let's get through this break uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right you, you have been listening to running flat radio on am800 cklw
0: where Windsor-Essex speaks. I'm absolutely appalled that these people would do something as such. AM 800 CKLW. Only makes mistakes. That's understandable. The information station.
5: Aha!
4: I've got it! (laughs) I have assembled a brilliant holiday gift.
0: What in the South Pole is that?
4: Entertainment? Value? It is a $64 Kojiko TV and Internet deal.
0: Of course, Santa's pet always has the best ideas.
4: Get TV and internet for $64 per month for six months,
3: plus a $0 HD recorder for 24 months. Visit kojicoca slash brilliant.
4: Conditions apply. Kojiko, How can we help you? It's a transition to betterness trademark events. It always has a unique theme, a delicious seven-course meal, auctions, amazing entertainment, and dancing that lasts all night. But get ready, because this year, CTV goes punk. T2B Gala 18 Chaos Saturday January 31st at the Chicharo Club Gala tickets are on sale now $150 per ticket limited amounts available get yours now at t2b.ca sponsored in part by AM800
2: It's
5: 7:30
0: from the AM800
2: news center
0: your number one news source in Windsor Essex an information update with Paul Pedro
5: We have breaking news out of Devonshire Mall. The mall is being evacuated as we speak for an apparent fire call. Again, Devonshire Mall being evacuated as we speak for an apparent fire call. We will continue following this developing story throughout the night. The Ontario Auditor General reported today people are paying billions of dollars extra for electricity thanks to a flawed smart meter program and the above market rates. The province pays most generators of power. Bonnie Lissick is also sounding the alarm about the province's ballooning debt in her annual report, warning that it continues to grow faster than the province's economy. The fire department in the town of Essex has a new leader. Richard Arnell is replacing the retiring Ed Pilon. Arnell has 38 years of fire-related experience and has spent the last 10 years as the Assistant Fire Chief with Chatham-Kent Fire and Emergency. Once again, our top story is Devonshire Mall is being evacuated as we speak for an apparent fire call. We will continue following this developing story throughout the night. AM800 Sports, the Leafs are home to the Flames tonight, game about to get underway. The Habs are hosting the Canucks tonight, and the puck is about to drop there too. In Junior C hockey tonight, the Essex 73s are home to Alvinston. That game tied 2-all in the first intermission. From the AM800 Weather Center tonight, mainly cloudy, a 40% chance of showers, turning to a 40% chance of flurries overnight, wind gusting to 50 kilometers an hour, and a low of minus 2. Right now in Windsor-Essex, 3 Celsius, that's 37 Fahrenheit. With the wind chill, it feels like minus 2 Celsius or 28 Fahrenheit. I'm Paul Pedro, AM 800 News. When you're able to focus your mind and your body, anything is possible.
0: From 5K runs to half marathons to the full 26.2 miles. We talk about it all on Running Flat
2: Radio, Tuesdays, 7 till 8 on AM 800. And welcome back to Running Flat Radio. Chris Yuzinski, Kelly Steele from the Windsor Star. In studio, our guest, Kevin Hansen. Kevin and Keith Hansen own the, the chain of Hansen's running stores and also the running method, the books uh, that are available out there. We were just talking about elite athletes. And what most of you probably who are listening to this show who are runners know about, about those wonderful runners that you always see at the front of the race <laughs> in the yellow singlets with the with the oval... The oval is burgundy and black, and you know it says Hanson's running. I think right right in That's the oval, it. and and you, you, you pick that singlet out like in a heartbeat. Absolutely. Number number one, they're they're running as a pack mm-hmm. in in the front, so you always notice them over everyone else, and and they're always cleaning up and winning all the awards anyway at all the races because they're they're, they're such great runners. But those are the Hanson's runners from from a running program, and we were just talking before we went to break. About an elite running program and and why it's important in, in running today to develop heroes, or or let 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 the system actually develop them on their own. You guys did something incredibly proactive a number of years ago where you developed an incubator of taking elite athletes from high school and college level. Not high school, college. Okay, um, it was
1: collegiate grad. You know they were already they were already graduates of college. Well, how, how did it all start? Well, basically. We, you know, you, you, you mentioned it already, the the idea that we had our heroes in Frank Shorter's and the Bill Rogers and the Greg Myers right. and, uh, and that whole group. And the one thing that happened back in that time was they were training together as a group. Yes. Um, and there was a group training together in Eugene, but there was a group training together in Boston and there was a group training together in Boulder and the Florida Track Club started and all of those kind of things. And so there was there was these, these pockets of people training together. And it's, it's really funny because you think sometimes that our sport needs more money. Um, you know, we need more money to, to, to cultivate these people and so on and so forth. Well, what happened was as the shoe companies started to sponsor individual athletes straight out of college, um, they didn't feel like there was a necessity to go train with a group. Mm-hmm. And that's when we started to see the decline of distance running in the United States. Um, at the same time, East Africans are coming in. And it's always funny because we always joked about... Um, there's within the world, um, East Africans train together. The Kenyans train together. Right. The Ethiopians train together. And some people say, well, they have genetic advantages, being born at altitude and blah, 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 and so on and so forth. And you say, well, what's the next most dominant country? And it was in the marathon is Japan. Mm-hmm. And you say, well, wait a minute. Are, are they genetically superior to me? am I genetically inferior to everyone? You know, basically, and you say, well, wait a minute, what are they all doing the same? And so, uh, they're all training as groups. And, um, sometimes the East Africans would do it because financially they couldn't afford to do it any other way. Right. But the Japanese could. So why were the Japanese doing it? And it's, and why were we successful in the '70s and early '80s doing right. it? So we wanted to get back to that. So it was kind of sitting down with uh, Greg Meyer, who you know is a local guy, you know, in things, and said, "Okay, I, I, I'm already I already believe in um, group training." So. Just tell me what some of the pitfalls were. Mm-hmm. Don't, I, I don't I don't need to know the success stories. I already know those. Tell me some of the problems you had um, with and he said, well, you know some of them were people would come out to live with us in in our area in Boston and um, they would get jobs that didn't fit in with uh, the same training. time as we were training. and so you know one guy's you know attending bar and you know somebody else is working in anymore. So shifts were all off. and we said, okay, I think I can control that one. Um, you know, if we give people part-time jobs in the stores, yep. we know exactly what their hours are going to be and so on and so forth. And we can work around that one. And, uh, one, uh, another was that, you know, people would, even though they have the Boston marathon coming up, they might sacrifice training on a couple weekends here and there to pick up a, a local hundred bucks here and a hundred bucks there because they, they weren't, they had to pay the rent, yep. you know, and mm-hmm. things. So we'll, we'll, if we buy a house and give them free rent and, um, that that's out um and then one of the other major things was um that uh an injury sometimes because if they had an injury that would last two months long it could be career ending
5: you mm-hmm. say
1: two months how could that be career ending well because they were counting on that 100 bucks here yeah. and 100 bucks there to pay the bill so first of all they wouldn't be counting on that secondly because they'd be the roof would stay over their head no matter what but then we could provide health insurance. Right. And so um, by doing that, um, and we have a great network of people now that have stepped up. We have uh, a, uh, you know, Clint Buren's physical therapy, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, who, you know, Clint, um, Clint does all of the PT work we have um, okay. uh, in our area. Dr. Ormsby has volunteered um, to do all chiropractic and things for our entire group. Um, We have massage therapists. All of this kind of things have come on afterwards that made all of those things that were problems before no longer problems. Um, So now they're focused. Exactly. So now they all um, have the same. They can train together. They can find out whether or not, basically whether or not they're good enough.
3: Now, Kevin, what are you? You touched on it just really quickly. You said there are obviously benefits to group training. What are they?
1: Um, I think the biggest thing is and we see those same kind of improvements in high school we see them in college and then what happens is when people go off by their own by uh it's nice to be accountable to somebody else, but basically, you're running sometimes for something bigger than yourself. Mm-hmm. You're running for a team, and um, sometimes that brings out a little bit different in you. Like it's easy to back it's easy to back off on yourself, but it's not quite as easy to back mm. off when so and so is counting on me and so and so is counting on me. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with showing up in the morning to run. It's the same thing with all of those things. Um, when teammates are counting on you, and then there's the camaraderie of the team. You know, one thing that happens that was interesting for our group was, you know. We were struggling convincing people that that they could run faster than they had in the marathon. And we had a group hovering around, you know, 2.15 or so in the marathon. And we said, you guys are capable of running 2.12. And uh, and uh, the top guys kind of, sort of doubted it. And um, Trent Briney had a breakthrough at the trials in 2004. And he was about our fourth or fifth guy. And he finished four. 4th at the Olympic trials and ran 212 that day.
4: That's
1: awesome. All of the guys that are day in and day out better than him and see what he does day in and day out say, wait a minute, if Trent can do it, I kicked Trent's butt on Monday, Tuesday. You know Why, why, why can't <laughs> right. I do it? Yep. And all of a sudden, then Brian Sell said, I can do it. Brian Sell then became an Olympian from that. And mm-hmm. I think that you start to see things... When that happens elsewhere in the country, you don't know what, what that person was doing day in and day out. And you just assume that all of a sudden they just
2: made a huge improvement. So let, let's, let's take a look at this. You have a house in Michigan. We actually have three. Three houses in <laughs> <Yes>. Michigan. Jeez. <laughs> you you have it stock full of elite running athletes from mostly Michigan or kind of all over the United no, States? all over. All over all the United over. States coming to coming to Sterling Heights? no they're they're in Rochester in the Rochester. houses are all in Rochester okay so Rochester becomes this running Mecca now with all due respect I've been to Rochester it's not at altitude right it's it's it's, it's, it's not it's close, Oregon close to 15 or 20 feet I mean, it's, <laughs> right, no, it's definitely not right so so help, help me understand this because you know many of these training facilities are at altitude, right? right? Whether it's in Boulder or, or you know, where the Olymp- where the Olympians are training at. I mean, right. why why Rochester? Well, and now, granted, your stores and you're here, but when you're looking at it, how about for peak performance? What are you doing? There's there's a there's a couple things.
1: First of all, um, there, I, there's a whole debate altitude and so on and so forth. W- w- I'll tell you one thing, just specifically, is when we're training, we we do so much training that's point specific on pace. And on and when you go to altitude, one person may be 10 to 12 seconds slower, one may be nine to fifteen seconds slower, somebody else might be, and so it becomes something that's an individual thing. So trying to learn pace at altitude is next to impossible because you can't practice pace. You're not racing at altitude. So so some of the advantages that are at altitude become disadvantages come come actual race day Um, now there are obvious things but but we don't know which came first um one of the other things is um i think altitude can be great once you've exhausted everything else like if you're needing that little tweak to maybe put you over the edge that's great but um i'm not sure that uh have you done everything you could core-wise? Have you mm. done everything you could mileage-wise? Have you done everything you could? Sometimes what I think is people sometimes go to altitude as, you know, maybe I don't have to work quite as hard and altitude will give me an advantage without uh-huh. me doing anymore. And, yeah. and, I, and I don't like the mindset of that to begin with because the mindset it should be that I'm willing to work harder than the next guy. So what you're
2: saying is altitude is, is a much smaller factor than what we're led to believe.
1: I think so. I really do. And I think if we look at altitude, you know, like, like Frank Frank Shorter's group made it at the Florida Track Club. The reason they went to altitude was because the Olympic Games were going to be in Mexico City. And they went to get used right. to it, not because they were going there for the advantages of altitude. Okay. You know, so, so I mean, that's how, it, you know, and from there, it grew and so on and so forth. But And, and there are advantages. I'm not saying they're not there's not advantages. What I'm saying is, that I think there's some things that are negated as far as that goes. It's it's always interesting to me that, um, you know, people will go, like if you're going to race at altitude, people will go to altitude. If you're going to race at humidity, there is no humidity at altitude. But you know what? Every world championship and every Olympic Games over the last 20 years have been held at a place that's humid. Right. So you're not getting acclimated mm-hmm. at all to that, as a matter of fact, negatively. And there's no
2: humidity in Michigan. Oh, yeah. That's that's <laughs> no, that's a huge advantage. That's a huge advantage. We like that. We Absolutely. like that. So how many athletes have you put through that system?
1: <laughs> you know, it, it's funny. Um, I, I can't, I don't even know the total number, to be honest with you, because it, we started in 1999. Um, and then it was just men until 2003. Um it, there were actually women on the earth before that. We just didn't know, it. Right. You know what it was. So, no, in 2003, Brooks came on, and we could afford a third house. Um, so um, we then used, utilized that house to add women to the program. But honestly, there's some people that will come in and find out that the lifestyle is too difficult. It's like, yeah. you know, I, I, so there's some people that are here for, you know, eight months to a year, and there's some people that have been here since, you know, Melissa White has been here since we started the women's program in 2003, wow. you know, and um, has done extremely well and been on world teams and everything else. Um, and, you know, Desi, who was in the last Olympic Games, mm-hmm. um, has been with us uh, for I think it's eight or nine years now. So it's, uh, you know, so um, uh, it, the total number is I, I don't it, it's definitely over
2: 100. And, and with the, and with the program before we go to break um what what are your goals like, 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 what's what's the end game in in that program of yours you know three houses athletes like, yeah
1: yeah the, the 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 end game was to move the bar you have to remember in 2000 the united states only qualified one male uh-huh. and one female and we started the program in 99 knowing oh my gosh look at look at the state look where we're at right now right and it was like to try to make, not necessarily to have the same impact that the East Africans have, but to um, make it make it relevant again.
2: Mm. And and how does that also really quickly before we hit the break? How, how does it happen, and how does that translate to your high school programs? in the local area. You must involve those kids as well. Oh, I still coach at the high school. This is my 33rd year <laughs> at coaching high school sports. So,
1: um, so I, and I have one more because my daughter will be a senior next year. So, right, um, but I've, I've coached, i I, yes, I was going to retire at 30, but, uh, she coaxed me into another four years and, um, and I'm glad I did. Don't, don't get me wrong. But, um, no, it, it, I think it, it, I think it, indirectly provides some some influence to the youngsters in the same way as the Frank Shorters and Bill right. Rogers did to me. But probably more like Greg Meyer did to me, because Frank Shorter and Bill Rogers were people that I read in magazines. Greg Meyer was a Michigander. He was a local. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. and even though he was living in Boston at the time that he did that, I mean, I I knew who that guy was, you mm-hmm. know, so it's like, I mean, he was he was touchable. He was somebody that I could see and I could, I could talk to.
2: Yeah, we'll be right back with with Kevin Hanson. But we're first before we do that, we're going to hit the uh, song of the week, and it is uh, Blink One Eighty Two with uh, "Won't Be Home for Christmas" <laughs> on Running Flat Radio on 100 ckW <laughs>
0: Christmas time again, it's time to be nice to the people you can't stand all year, I'm growing tired of all this Christmas cheer, you people scare me,
1: please stay away from my home, if you don't want to get me down, just leave the presents
2: and then leave me alone. Crazy. Yeah, I've been called that. Crazy about having fun.
0: Daily Planet unleashes High Tech Toys Week.
2: This toy is going to totally dominate.
0: Unwrapped and ready to go. The biggest thing is the wow factor. How about a pair of bionic boots? Oh, man. A freewheeling trip on a crazy cart. Ride aboard a rocket bike. Check this out. Daily Planet's High Tech Toys Week returns on Discovery (laughs) with a wish list that's all teched out for the holidays. Oh, yeah. Continues tomorrow at 7, only on
1: Discovery. I've seen it and I still do not believe it.
4: There are lots of Things to get excited about
3: this holiday season the parties, mistletoe, and of course, eggnog. Winners, HomeSense, and Marshalls want to give you one more thing to get excited about the chance to win your gifts. Simply shop at Winners, HomeSense, or Marshalls, swipe your Style Plus loyalty card, enter online, and you could win the value of your purchase. The more you shop, the more you could win. There's a winner every week at every store in Canada and over 2,000 prizes to be won. Contest ends December 24th. Find out more at winyourgifts.ca.
5: Fun, and it fun? They're,
4: they're, really, they're really funny, I like their banter. It's nice to wake up to something funny in the
0: morning and get the day
4: going. The morning Drive. I'm Carol Rowe, in for Lisa Williams, and on the next Morning Drive, one last chance to win four tickets to Wednesday night's Red Wings-Leafs game. We want to hear your best play-by-play impression, and we'll do that beginning at 6.20. Also, how can you protect you and your family from break-ins during the holidays? Find out at 7.20. Plus a chance to win tickets to see the Tenors at caesars Windsor on the Impossible Question at 7.50.
0: The Morning Drive, weekday mornings 5 till 9 on AM. 800.
5: Now the forecast from the AM 800 Weather Center. Mainly cloudy tonight, a 40% chance of showers turning to a 40% chance of flurries overnight. Wind gusting to 50 kilometers an hour and a low of minus two. Mix of sun and cloud tomorrow, a 30% chance of flurries. Wind gusting to 50 kilometers an hour and a high of one. Once again, tonight, mainly cloudy, a 40% chance of showers turning to a 40% chance of flurries overnight, wind gusting to 50 kilometers an hour, and a low of minus 2. On the first day of Christmas, myself did give to me a 90-day payment holiday.
0: (laughs) Save some serious jingle at your Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, and Ram dealer during the Be Your Own Santa event with up to $10,000 in total discounts plus $500 in holiday bonus cash and make no payments for 90 days and there's moolah in my hands for 90 days some conditions apply see your dealer for details helping you achieve your personal best this is running flat radio with chris yasinski on am 800
2: And welcome back to uh, Running Flat Radio. Chris Yuzinski, Kelly Steele from the Windsor Star. In-studio guest, Kevin Hansen. Uh, We've talked about the stores. We've talked about the elite program. Now we're going to talk about the Hansen's running method, which uh, a lot of runners that that I know have have been prescribing to it. Uh, A couple guys uh, have been writing some emails this week. Uh, One of the runners that I know, Brian Scott, uh, went into the program wanting a 335. uh, Ran Hamilton, got it at 330.27 he is sold on your program thinking that it's it's uh, it's better than sliced bread I don't think and, I've heard
3: anyone and, that do your program and say ah, I backfired it just didn't work right. for me so, everyone's getting great results, so from results from it
2: tell us about your program why is it any different than than, sure. than anyone else's first of all
1: I, I need to give credit where credit's due um, the program that we've had um, is a program that we've done for years however the book itself was written by Luke Humphrey, who's one of our elite athletes. Luke um, basically put um, so much of our scattered ideas into print that and, and made sense out of them. He has, uh, Luke um, has his own coaching services, but he still runs um, as part of the elite program. And he'll be disappointed if he doesn't break 214 in LA um, this year, but he is uh, still very competitive and, but Luke, truthfully, has, has put all of it, he has an exercise phys background, and he put all of what we do to science to make it make sense.
3: Now, now your plan actually rules out the 20-milers, right?
1: Well, you know what, it, it does, but honestly, it gets, um, I, I think that's the one thing that people gravitate to. When in actuality, it's not less mileage, it's just mileage spread out. I think that the easiest way to describe it was um, years ago, um, long before the internet, I got as many as 15 publications from all over the world on training that I would get mm-hmm. on a monthly basis. And I would notice, you know, the generic cookie cutter schedules that everybody would have. And the United States always had the 20 miler. Mm-hmm. And then I start getting things from like, Um, in Europe and it had the long run at 30k and I'm like wait a minute 30k that's 18.6 why are they running less mileage than we are but they're running the same event at the end and the more I delved into it the more I realized there was zero science behind the 20 and zero science behind the 30k. It was just a round number. Nobody's <laughs> going to say I'm going to go run 19 miles or nobody's going to say I'm going to go run 28k or 29k <laughs> or anything like right. that. They so it was a round number. So it was something to shoot for in practice and it made you feel better about it maybe from the neck up but didn't really make a bit of difference. So what we realized is the 16 miler like you know the, the hard part is to wrap your head around how can I possibly run that additional 10 miles. Absolutely and and that's the a fair question here's how you're training for you put an x amount of fatigue in your legs throughout the course of the week so that when you step on the starting line for your sixteen mile long run you have ten miles worth of fatigue in your legs before you start that day so you're actually running the last sixteen miles you're not running the first sixteen miles you don't start fresh it's funny how people sometimes assume that you start fresh in In training or in practice, no one would say, I'm going to run a marathon on Saturday, and then I'm going to run a marathon again on Sunday because, you know, I'm fresh, right? So 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 for
3: for an average runner, what would my week of training look like starting like Monday?
1: Yeah, we have uh, basically um, Monday is a mileage day. Uh, Tuesday is so. The, when you
3: say mileage higher,
1: um, no, no, okay. it's just a it's just a recovery kind of mileage day. Okay. Tuesday would be um, Tuesday would be something of substance. Um, what we are SOS days, you wave the white flag, <laughs> something of substance. Um, basically, what it what it means is um, in the early part you're doing things that are set up at 5K at 10K pace. In the later stages of the uh, program, you're doing things at marathon pace. It's okay. usually about six miles worth of repeats on that day um and uh uh wednesday's a day off um it's a six-day schedule um thursday being a tempo run meaning you're running things at marathon pace um friday being very similar to your monday um as is saturday and then sunday being your longer run um the one thing that happens is we come back again the next week with the same thing so when you have your longer run you're not taking off the day before you're not taking off and the one thing we know about um you know, without turning this into a science, uh, because that's boring, um, is (laughs) it basically it takes 10 days to physiologically get the benefits of a workout.
2: Okay.
3: That's interesting.
1: So knowing that, though, the 10 days that you do previously are all sitting in your legs on that day. So you have to remember, when you're running your long run on Saturday, that you will still have your tempo that you did on Thursday. You will still have your speed that you did on Tuesday. You will still have your medium-long run that you did the uh, Sunday before that, mm-hmm. and you'll still even have the Thursday tempo from the week before that. So you, all of that sitting in your legs before you go out for that. So the the key is then on marathon day is what's happened is your 10 days before that are significantly cut back or tapered mm-hmm. um, where you, there's two ways to taper too. You can taper with mileage and you can taper with intensity. So there's we're changing both variables to try to, rest you on that day. So the next question becomes, why Why do I run the 10 days before if I'm not physiologically getting any benefits of it? Mm-hmm. And it's for the same reason as if you sleep eight hours a day every day and then you sleep 10 hours one day, you don't wake up more rested. You usually wake up lethargic because your body requires consistency. Right. So we're trying to fool the body somewhat because we're trying to be consistent, but yet, rested a little bit. Okay. So, I, and that's the difference.
3: I had one really quick question here. It's just from a slower runner saying that she runs a lot slower. Her husband's doing the program. Is that still a benefit for someone who's running considerably slower to to, to use your program?
1: Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. There's um, you know, a slower a slower runner probably needs more direction because they tend to a slower the slower you are, the more you're probably running too fast on your everyday run. So, Having somebody that tells you
2: it's okay to run slow and slow you down is becomes a benefit. Yeah. We're you. out of time. We're out of time. It is such an honor to have you in here. I, I can't tell you how how excited I was. That, it's fun uh, to be here. Yeah, you know what? It was... There's so much great news that comes out of the, the Hanson's brand. Uh, you guys have done such an amazing job in Michigan, and uh, and we're glad to have you right across the border from us and and doing the great work that you guys do. Thank you. It's funny to hear you call it a brand, though, because that was never the intention. But it is. Thank and, you. A hundred percent, it is. Thank you. And and you guys do an amazing job of it. Thank you, Kelly. Yep. And uh, this is the last show of the year. Uh, See you've been next listening year. to uh, Running Flat Radio. Keep running. And that's all I had to say about that.
4: And that's the end of it. End
0: of episode. Running Flat Radio with Chris Yuzinski. Tuesday night 7 till 8 on AM 800. Running Flat Radio is a paid program.